This is The Camp with Zach Heilprin and the Athletics' Jesse Temple. Yes, welcome into The Camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. He's Jesse Temple. If you're listening, we appreciate it and appreciate you subscribing wherever you are listening. If you want to watch, you can do so now on our YouTube. We have a YouTube page and we're going to be posting videos throughout fall camp and into the season. We're going to be down at Big Ten Media Days Wednesday and Thursday here as well. So really excited about that. Go check it out. Subscribe. Jesse, I I, I feel like we're, we're right about 400 right now on subscriptions on, on YouTube. We're looking for more. We'd love to get to 1,000 by the time the season rolled around. Maybe that's a little bit of an ambitious goal, but we're an ambitious program. So we're going we're gonna to go for it. Well, it's a good time to be covering the Badgers. It's a whole new era, and hopefully fans will – will join us. I know they've been um, very supportive of our podcast in audio form. And so hopefully they will in video as well. So that's, that's one part of this. The other thing I'm really excited about is we have our fall plans set for our show. And last year we just did one show a week. It was the the Sunday show, you know, into Monday and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement around Wisconsin uh, last year, I think when we did it. So it was kind of like, all right, one show is probably enough. One show is not enough anymore uh, at all. So just to give everybody a heads up what we plan for when the season starts, and actually it'll be when fall camp starts, is me and Jesse will be doing a couple of episodes of the podcast each week. So we'll do a Sunday night episode and we'll do a Tuesday night episode. That's going to start when fall camp starts. The timing on those episodes may be a little bit dependent on how uh, practice goes, but it's going to be two times a week with Jesse. We also have another really exciting thing to do. I don't know. Some of you may have uh, paid attention last year when uh, Kenny and Heilprin, rest in peace, Ben Kenny, he's not dead, but he uh, <laughs> he's not in Madison anymore. So Kenny and Heilprin no longer around, but we had a show on Thursday nights out at Monks and Sun Prairie. And Jesse is going to fill in now for, uh, for Ben, not big shoes to fill it all. You'll be fine. And um, you know, he's not listening. It's okay. No one will point this out to him. Um, but we're going to be out there every Thursday from six to seven in some Prairie. It's going to be awesome. Um, there's going to be a bit of a name change as well. We're going to be still the camp when we do our podcast, but out there it's going to be temple and high print just to differentiate between the two. So we're really excited about that. I three shows a week. Um, we're going to cover so much stuff in those three, uh, those three shows. And I'm excited for it. I don't know about you. I can't wait. I mean, this is a great time to to be doing this and, Interest has never been higher. Readership has never been higher. Obviously, the coaching staff is undefeated because it has not coached a game at Wisconsin together. But, um, you know, it's a great time to get on board. It is. So we're really, really excited about that. The show at, in Monks or at Monks is going to start the first week of the season. So that Thursday leading into the Buffalo game on September 2nd. So uh, visit us out there. Uh, we're going to have some stuff to give away as well. And really excited about that. Also have a partnership announcement coming up next week that we're going to be excited about it. i think you guys will be excited about it as well um yeah yeah you'll be excited about it so all right jesse let's get into this uh enough of the bs we will get into this and we're going to start i think at the top of things here today with the big 10 releasing its media poll uh, i don't know if that's okay with you where we start but that's where i want to start i saw it this morning wisconsin picked to finish the first in the big 10 west not a huge surprise. It's been four straight years that they've uh, now been picked. I think everybody knows what's happened the last three years. It didn't go well for Wisconsin. They did not win the Big Ten West. Uh, they are favored this year. Predictions are 
completely meaningless and something fun to talk about, especially in July, which is why it is released at this time of year to coincide with the start of Big Ten Media Days. I'm not shocked. I probably would have picked Wisconsin as the favorite, uh, and usually it seems to come down to Wisconsin and Iowa, and Wisconsin had one more vote or one more point than Iowa, but I believe, what, four more first-place votes. So I think this defense is going to be top 15, top 20 defense nationally. Obviously, the question is how good and how quickly can this offense come together? Um, There's a lot of potential, but it's totally different from what a lot of people have seen. But what what do these polls mean if Wisconsin for the fourth straight year is picked to win the West and yet the last three um, has not not been particularly good? But hope springs eternal. That's what I always say about spring training for baseball in March, and I can say the same for college football in July. I didn't go back and look, but I have to imagine almost every time they've been picked to win it, they did not win it because they weren't picked to, to win it in 2019. I think they may have been picked to win it in 2017 just yeah, because I believe that's right just because of the schedule that uh that they faced was was pretty favorable that year um but the other times it hasn't happened so i don't know if that's a good omen or a bad omen i guess I, to me it's probably irrelevant I, i'm not surprised that they were first uh, michigan was picked to win it all ohio state and penn state also got some votes there to to win the conference title nobody in the west whether it was wisconsin iowa or minnesota uh, or picked to actually win the Big Ten championship game. And why should they be? The West has never won. But hey, it's the last year of the West. Why not? Why not? I know why not, because it's Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, Wisconsin's come close a couple times, but it's until it happens again, why would this be your year be any different? Yeah, I mean, I, any West team is going to have to go out and prove it. And obviously, this is the last year, this East-West divisional split before USC and UCLA come in. It's a good as, time, as good of a time as any for Wisconsin to go do it. But um, I think your favorite part of the predictions, based on what I saw, is that somebody thought the Badgers would finish, was it sixth in the seven-team West? I don't even understand that. <laughs> I'm if you're going to go out on a limb, if you're going to go out on a limb, just pick a West division team to win the whole thing instead of finishing sixth. I'm going to need a name. I'm going to need a name. I need a name of that person that picked it. And I think we're going to find him, but I need a name. And it's not just to ridicule them, right? This is, that's not what this is about. I need it out there so that we can praise them at the end. If it ends up being true or the much more likely aspect of this ridiculing them for the rest of time, if Wisconsin finishes above sixth in the conference, there was a couple of things that stood out to me. The fact that someone, someone somewhere picked Northwestern not to finish seventh. I don't know. Like, I, I don't get that whatsoever. But to pick Wisconsin sixth, that means someone had Northwest uh, Purdue or Northwestern. I guess it depends if this person put Purdue seventh because Purdue is p- picked to finish last in some of these as well. But I'm going to need that name. I'm going to need that name because I don't see Wisconsin finishing six. Not with this schedule. Not with this schedule. Maybe in, in other years, but not with this schedule. There's no chance. There's no chance. And I could be ridiculed later on for this take, but there's just no chance. Like, I don't, I don't, when you look at Wisconsin, like, it feels like this person only watched the spring game. Like, to me, that's what they're, they're judging their entire, <laughs> their entire thing uh, on the spring game. Or the more likely aspect of it, they got somebody who, you know, just filled it out on a whim, kind of like, most people probably do because it's a, it's a preseason poll and who cares, but sixth really. Yeah. Old really? takes exposed is going to be all over uh, 
mm. our discussion here, uh, whether it's right or wrong. I, I think a lot of it, and I'm speculating, obviously, because, again, we don't have a name. It's got to do with the skepticism around this offense um, and just wondering how exactly it translates. And I'm frankly, I'm interested to hear what some other people around the league have to say about I mean, what what are their thoughts when they when they heard about this? And people who have gone against Wisconsin every year, do they do they wonder about what the success rate is going to be? I think a lot of us certainly wonder how it's going to translate. But that has to be the biggest reason is some skepticism around how this comes together and how quickly. You, having said that, I would be stunned if it's a sixth place finish. We have seen some bad Badgers football here the last few years, um, and they still haven't been bottom of the barrel as far as I can remember. Right. Yeah. So um, there was also the preseason players of the uh, of the year. I got preseason offensive defensive players of the year uh, It on the offensive side of the ball. Probably shouldn't be uh, a huge surprise. Marvin Harrison, Jr. But when's the last time a wide receiver won? I don't. Has it? Has a wide receiver won Big Ten offensive player of the year? Probably should be doing I, some. Probably should be doing some research on this before actually talking about it. But that's just not really my style. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So there's. So that was Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. He's on that one side. Cooper DeGene is the preseason defensive player of the year uh, on defense. Or the defensive player of the year. I can speak. Um, Mumajong Meta got one vote, so he tied for 14th. Do you think? Like the you know we look at Wisconsin's defense and you talked about it earlier. You think Wisconsin's defense is going to be legit, but do they have a star? Do you think? Um, if there is a star, to me, it is going to be Muma. I mean, he was the leading tackler last season by far. I think he was. I think he finished with ninety-five tackles or so, and I don't expect him to be any worse. Um, but I don't know that his name pops out when you're looking across the Big Ten landscape. For Wisconsin's defense, though, I would expect him to be the guy. Now, it's going to have to come from everywhere, and it will based on the way that Mike Tressel is uh, implementing his defense, but he he would certainly be the one. I think for me, if I'm looking at candidates to be a, a player of the year type from Wisconsin, Braylon Allen is is the one that I'm really interested in seeing. And this segues nicely into something that I just saw on the athletic. Dane Brugler, who is our NFL draft expert, he he released his way too early i don't it's it's always early until it actually happens in april with the nfl draft but he was ranking the nfl draft prospects at running back and he had braylon at number two which i i was just uh fascinated by a kid with so much potential who's really only played running back full-time for a couple of years he stands to benefit i think in a big way with this new offense now i think there are obviously questions about what it means for touches, how is the pass run ratio uh, distributed and, and how many carries and touches does he get in relation to Ches Malusi. But to me, he is one who could put up some big time numbers in this type of offense. And he was picked to finish four or he was, I should say he finished fourth in the preseason voting uh, behind Marvison Harrison Jr. Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy. Um, it's a, like you look at this list, it's essentially Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. There's Marvin Harrison Jr. There's Blake Corum. There's J.J. McCarthy. There's uh, Nick Singleton. There's Kyle McCord. They're, a tackle got votes for preseason offensive player of the year. Aluf uh, Fashanu. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but the offensive tackle from Penn State, who I believe is Dane Brugler's top-rated tackle. 
Uh, that would make sense. Travion Henderson, Donovan Edwards, and Emeka Egbuka uh, all received votes for preseason offensive player of the year. That's that's insane to me. The only guys not from Michigan or from Ohio State or from Penn State, uh, Tua, Tua's brother, Tailua, Tailua, Tailua. Talia Tungavaloa. Yeah, thank you. Um, and Braylon. Those, yeah. I mean, everyone else is from the other three schools, and I think that's probably a good bet that that's going to end up happening. But, um, yeah, if Braylon, like I also saw something on Twitter, like they were trying to, it's been, I don't know, four or five seasons since somebody went over 2,000 yards, and they said, who will do it? Who has a chance to do it? And Braylon was one of those people. I feel like I would be shocked if he yeah. got enough touches based on, you know, kind of what I think Phil Longo wants to do with, Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen together to get to 2,000 yards. Right. And that's the thing. If you look at the 2,000 yard rushers Wisconsin has had in, in the last decade, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, they were the guys getting basically all the carries. Uh, in tw- so 2014, when Melvin had the greatest season I've ever seen, and Jonathan a couple of times, uh, but nobody else was even close. To, to number two in terms of touches. And that's not how Wisconsin wants to do things this year, especially when you've got a running back, the caliber of Ches Malusi, assuming both Braylon and Ches are healthy. And the other thing is, I think some of those touches, at least in the run game, are going to be offset by pass catching opportunities. And we saw it in the spring, Zach, the way they're attempting to utilize those guys. You might see them on the field together. You might see them both lined up as receivers. Uh, they can line up all over get get the ball in their hands on some quick throws. And I think that could take away from some carry opportunities, which isn't a bad thing because it helps to save their bodies a little bit and can get Wisconsin moving in a different way. But I, I have a hard time believing that Braylon is a 2,000-yard rusher this year, and that is no knock on his skill set. I mean, if you wanted to give him the ball 30 times every game, yeah, I can see that. But I just that doesn't make a whole lot of sense in this offense, especially when you consider the injury history that he's had and the, the desire to keep those guys fresh, which makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I just don't see it. Um, the other, there was another, before the poll came out on the athletic Austin Mack put out like this um, it, percentages. I, I think there it's some kind of like computer simulation, right? That they put out percentages gives Wisconsin an 8.7% or excuse me, um, 11.7% to win the conference. They're the only Big Ten West team above 2.4%. And uh, they give them 8.7 wins, which would be the fourth best in the Big Ten. You're taking the over under 8.7 wins. I'm going to go over. Um, and I think it's a discussion of whether you believe the Badgers will be an 8-4 and four type of team or 9-3 and three or better. Obviously, I think 9-3 and three or better. There are some games that, I mean, the Ohio State game, it's a, uh, you're going to have to prove it to me that you can beat Ohio State before I actually pick the Badgers. Um, but not beyond me. that, not me. You're going with Wisconsin? I've already said it multiple times. I've, I've said it, it multiple times. This, yeah, this episode is going to be all over old takes exposed. Uh, <laughs> if they were to care about such things as a Wisconsin football podcast, it would be all over uh, old takes exposed here for whether it's the Big Ten or whether it's beating Ohio State. Hey, all I'm saying is in the last – how many games when Ohio State's come to Madison has the game been close and been right there for the taking at the end of it? Every single one of them almost. Yeah. I mean, 20, you, you, 2012, Ohio State. Overtime. Was, that was Urban Meyer's first team. Yeah, an overtime loss. Not a very good Wisconsin team. 
somehow went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> we know how. Um, there was the night game in 2016. 20, yep. That was another overtime game. Um, they beat him in 2010. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ohio State hasn't been here since 2016. Yeah. Screw you, Big Ten. That's just <laughs> that's just some that's ridiculous. But when you think, yeah, I mean, you go back and look at all the games that they've played. Almost all of them have come down right to the wire. And Wisconsin's won a couple of them, obviously. They um, the, the 2008 game came right down to the wire, and Terrell Pryor scored late in that one to, to beat Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, 2010, obviously 2003, like all of them come close. Like if this game was in Ohio, I'd say, no, there's not a chance in hell. If this game was at the Big Ten championship game or, uh, you know, in Indy, probably, no, I'm not going to pick Wisconsin. A game being at Camp Randall, we know it's going to be a night game. We, we believe it's going to be a night game. I think it's. I think it's just the timing's there. I think the timing is is there, and we'll see. We don't know what Wisconsin's going to look like. That's that's another okay. issue here. Um, one more thing from the Austin Mac one. He gave North. Uh, it gives Northwestern a zero point zero zero chance to to win the Big Ten. That still feels a little high. I don't know about, <laughs> does, that, does that feel a little high to you still? Little high. Um, I think I think mathematically speaking, uh, that uh, that sounds about right. But uh, if you want to cash in a ticket at uh, it, you know at the Bellagio or something like that, what what do you have to lose other than your money? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and four and a half wins. I'm hammering the under, hammering the under on that. That that place is just an absolute disaster right now. It's uh, pretty remarkable that the greatest athletic institution in the conference is uh, also its biggest um, eyesore at the moment and, and, uh, and, and feels like in a little bit of disarray. Um, it's impossible to keep up with what's going on down there, but we don't, we don't have to talk about it because we don't cover them. So we're not going to do it. Um, all right. Did you Let's, say greatest athletic institution? Cause they're a great academic institution. Did I say athletic? I just want to, I just want to clear the air here so we don't get the comments section. Talking did I say about, athletic? Yeah. I believe I, you did. We you know what I meant. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. I meant academic institution. I just athletic, wanted to be clear. Athletic institution? Absolutely not. They're uh, though they are an NCAA tournament basketball team. So they they do they do yes. have that going for them twice in their history. Uh, it's it's very impressive. Um, great academic institution within the Big Ten. Athletic, not so great. Football. Blah, blah. Um, all right, let's move on. Your story from today, uh, you broke down and, and talked about all the kids that came in in June and ended up going on and committing and some that, that didn't as well. But um, when you look back at that, what has happened in the last month, I believe the, the number is 12 for 22. That's how many guys Wisconsin got out of the guys that came for official visits in June. The numbers don't necessarily jump out compared to some of the other numbers, and um, I'll let you run those down if you want to. But uh, you did point out that the talent that actually came and the type of players that came was a little bit different. I think it's notable and we're still learning about how this staff operates, the types of players it wants to recruit and where those players come from. But I had a chance to talk to Luke fickle last month for the couple of stories I did on recruiting. And one of the things he talked about was how important official visits are that if, and this is what he told me, if we are going to, send them up here on an official visit, which means you're paying for them and their families to come up here, you better close the deal on those guys because that means you are very serious about them 
and maybe your one opportunity to get them up here, especially if they're from far away and they they can't come up here on their own dime. So it really matters. And I think Wisconsin, for the most part, performed extremely well. And we can break down some of the position groups where the Badgers struggled, but in specifically in the guys who are not committed, and they also obviously send the guys up here who are already committed. Um, and usually that doesn't make much of a difference because they're going to stay committed unless you are Rob Booker or Vernon Woodward. And Rob Booker was previously committed, ended up flipping to UCLA. Vernon Woodward did commit and flip to Illinois. But for the most part, I was was talking about guys who were, were uncommitted at the time. So Woodward falls into that category. But you end up with, with 12 guys who are committed. And as you were talking about, Zach, it is the caliber of player that really stands out if you really break this down. Because of those 12, five are considered four-star players in the 24-7 sports composite. You've got two offensive linemen, Kevin Haywood and Emerson Mandel. You've got Emilio Agard, the four-star cornerback. And then you've got two four-star running backs in Dylan Jones and Darian Dupree to go with Gideon Atuka, the three-star running back, who also committed after taking an official visit. If you look back at when summer official visits began, which was the summer of 2018, so that's the 2019 recruiting class, the Wisconsin had a total of four four-star composite players who were uncommitted at the time of the visit and ended up committing to Wisconsin. Three of them were outside linebackers. So Spencer Lytle, Nick Herbig, which obviously was the big, big one, Caden Johnson. Um, and then you had a fourth in Joe Brunner, who was your top in-state kid. Now that doesn't include the year where the pandemic took away the opportunity for official visits. So the number might've been higher, but I think that speaks volumes about what this staff has been able to do. They're going after a higher caliber kid and they're able generally to, to seal the deal with those guys. And it remains to be seen what that's going to mean for how they perform, how the team performs, but just evaluating the first June official visit cycle. I think the Badgers were absolutely fantastic. They were, and they got a ton of guys that they wanted. Um, you know, there were some misses there too, right? Like, but that's, that's to be expected. And um, a lot of them are, unfortunately for them were along certain areas that they probably needed. However, like we talked about in the last episode, the, the addition of Dylan Johnson, it, you know, is significant and it doesn't necessarily just completely wipe out the misses, but it, it certainly gives you a little bit of a, a cushion there. Like, because they were in, they were hurting, they were hurting when it was um, just Barna, right? Like if, if with, they need, they needed more at the spot. And again, I don't think they're done there. I think they're still chasing guys, but um, overall a really, really good. And then a really, really good job. I think they're going to be even better next year because this is their first year in Madison. And I know they've got some, you know, people that have been here, but I think them getting to know Madison more, getting to understand what makes this city special will make it even a better experience for kids next year. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was just tank Weber before the, the three-star. What did I say? Barna? Yeah. Yeah, But, um, but Barna is one of those guys that, especially that one, you thought, okay, Wisconsin, should be able to close on this. It's Illinois or Wisconsin ended up being Illinois. I think defensive line, but some of these positions in general, the types of guys they're going after, it can be a challenge. And I know I mentioned this before, but one of the things Luke talked about as well, especially with these official visits, this is a learning process for Luke and the staff to figure out, okay, what weekend do you want to have these guys come up for an official visit? Um, that's a big part of it because they really front loaded things in June. And then on the back half, there weren't many guys left. And he said, that when we were at Cincinnati, it got to a point where we could identify a guy and we knew if he was going to come up on an official, 
we probably had him because we weren't going up against the types of teams that Wisconsin has to go up against. And he talked about having to ride the wave a little bit with, with a lot of these guys um, because there may be only one weekend that you can squeeze them in on an official. And the other ones are going to be Penn state and Michigan or Missouri or what, whatever it may be other Midwest schools or other big time programs. And that makes it a lot harder, especially for the out of state kids like a Liam Andrews who just picked Penn state, who's going to school in Massachusetts. Um, a lot of those defensive linemen are just aren't from the area, but I do think that in future years, Wisconsin is going to get better and better, not only at identifying the right prospects, but figuring out uh, what weekend to bring them up, what you need to sell them for the program. Uh, so I mean, they're off to a good start. Um, but the Dylan Johnson thing to me, I think if you're a Badgers fan and probably for the staff as well, it helps you breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief because that was the one position that Wisconsin absolutely needed to shore up. And, and they got somebody that they, they wanted all along. He was going to take an official to Wisconsin. And he in fact is the only committed player right now who didn't take an official visit to Wisconsin because he happened to surprise everybody by committing to Northwestern in May before he took the officials and ended up flipping to Wisconsin in July. Does he end up taking one then here at some point? Like I would think so. I mean, I, mean, I know, I know, I think no. So like I, maybe this for a game or something like that. I mean, he's obviously yeah. in Illinois. He can come up pretty much whenever he wants. I would think so. Um, you might as well use it. You might as well take that advantage of that opportunity. It was very unique circumstances, but if we're looking at the class as a whole, I really feel like Wisconsin pretty much hit on every position that it needed. Um, Obviously, they've got the four-star quarterback with maybe retire, who's the first commit to lead this class. You now have three running backs, two of whom are four, are four stars. You only did get one wide receiver with Kyenberry Johnson. I think he's going to be, I think he's one of the most underrated guys in the class, and people are just now starting to see how talented he is, especially when he goes to these camps and dominates in one-on-one -on -one situations. Uh, they didn't get Imarian Stewart, who ended up going to Michigan, but you can go down the line. And I think the staff feels very good about what it has. Even though you lost Rob Booker, you've got a four-star tight end in Grant Stack who can be a, a real foundational piece to this offense. So they did a lot of really good things, even though there were some misses, but that's natural. You're you're not going to bat a thousand when you when you have these official visits and you're bringing in the, the high caliber kids that they are. You definitely aren't. And again, they're still working, um, still working to add this year um, and uh, add to this team. Uh, there was... They just offered – we know how much work they put in to try and rebuild the cornerback room, both in, you know, recruiting in the transfer portal and in uh, actual recruiting. Um, but uh, another name has popped up, Michael Mack, uh, a cornerback from Air Force. He's a two-year starter there, 42 tackles, an interception, and a fumble recovery in 22, uh, 2022. Um, what do you think it says about uh, how they feel about their room, that they're still chasing guys at this late date? I think it says they want to do everything they can to continue to build and to get players that have experience that can come in and contribute. And we saw that when Wisconsin got Niger Forkurine, the kid who was playing Division II football at Grand Valley State, which is where Matt Mitchell was. Uh, it just really worked out for Wisconsin, someone who can come in and perhaps be a part of a, a three-man rotation on the outside. If there are quality pieces available, we have seen this staff is going to do everything it can to, to bring those types of guys in. Um, and you know, we're talking about 2024, but they, they need help now. And even if you have a four defensive backs committed in 2024, like the Badgers do, that doesn't mean those guys are going to play immediately. So it's about bringing in the right types of pieces, but quality pieces with experience that can help this defense be as good as it can. And we'll see uh, um, if that's it.
right? <laughs> um, but it's getting close. I mean, they're going to obviously start fall camp next week. Uh, Big Ten Media Day is coming up Wednesday and Thursday, and then obviously uh, fall camp in Platteville starting on the second, right? Yes. Is that, is that accurate? Is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to hit on? No, I, I think I think we pretty much covered it. The one other thing that I wanted to add about the the official visit discussion and really what ha- has happened in the 2024 class is um, for all the hand wringing that went on the last couple of months about in-state recruiting, look at the positions that Wisconsin was able to fill uh, from the, the guys that were in-state. I mean, the, the, Wisconsin is 0 for 5, if you want to look at it that way, in terms of the top five players in the state. Uh, I, know cert- I know certain people elsewhere. I know yes, certain people elsewhere. Has yeah. never happened in the online recruiting rankings era, and and I think obviously when when Fickle talked to me, that was one his biggest uh, point of emphasis was you know we got a pretty good class here, and we're still going to go after the in-state guys. Okay, three of them were offensive linemen, one of whom you didn't offer, one of whom you offered late, and the one you really wanted was Nathan Roy. Well, they got four of their five offensive line commits during this June and July period. And then, okay, you don't have Corey Smith, who again, Wisconsin didn't move forward with an offer. You got three running backs, two, two of whom are four-star running backs. So, uh, and, and the tight end situation, like I mentioned, okay, Rob Booker is gone, but you've got Grant Stack. Um, I think they feel pretty good about that. So I think for Wisconsin, it worked out in the end. It's a really quality class. And um, again, never done, even though it feels like they're done. Uh, but they do have 20 commits and uh, it's pretty solid right now. Do I need to mention what we've talked about every time you talk about getting kids from out of state? Do I, do I, need, uh, to talk, do, do I need to mention this again? That you don't want to make it uh, a habit. Yes. <laughs> by not getting, well, I yes. fully agree. And they understand that as well. And I think you're going to see when 2025 rolls around that I think they're going to get some of those top kids in the state, but there is also a lot of stiff competition for some of those guys. Yeah. A lot of stiff competition. Again, I have no problem with them going out of state to get guys. Like, there's there's no problem with it whatsoever. Go get guys where you can get guys. But on a consistent basis, you would think that locking down the in-state talent is more uh, available and more realistic on a year-to-year basis than it is to go out and get guys from other parts of the country every single year. It feels like you can count on, or you should be able to count on, keeping guys home. And um, I know that that's what they're working towards. I just, I just push back on the idea that yes, they lost, they lost all these guys, but they replaced mother with others from out of state. And that's fine for one year, maybe even two. And, and again, it could happen every year, but like you just, you need to be able to have success in in-state recruiting. And I think these guys will, I do. I, I firmly believe that. Um, but I just hate the idea that, ah, Whatever, they'll just get guys from they'll just get guys from Pennsylvania. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think they I, I absolutely don't think they feel that way. I know we've talked about this a handful of times, but one thing that sticks out to, with from my conversation with Luke is when he was discussing the value of in-state recruits, because you are going to know a whole lot more about them because you've been recruiting them for a long period of time. Now this class was unique. Obviously, the new staff didn't get here until December, basically, some in January. So you will have more of a vested interest in keeping them. And as Luke talked about, some of these in-state guys, if they want to go a thousand miles away, that's fine. But those programs, it doesn't matter as much to them. And if they cut them loose, so what? They don't have to walk back into that high school next year. Um, so I think that uh, I think that makes a big difference. Luke and the staff fully understand the value of these in-state guys. I would say I do think in this era, it, it's as challenging as ever to get some of those guys because 
they're identified as four-star players as sophomores or juniors, and there's a lot more attention on them. That doesn't mean Wisconsin shouldn't be the front runner to land them, but there is going to be a lot of schools coming in here um, thinking they can get some of these guys. And the more that happens, the more a kid goes to Penn State, I think the more that opens the door for a program to believe that it's possible for them to come in and take them. So with Luke Fickle and the staff, they've certainly got their work cut out for them, but they absolutely understand the value of these in-state guys and what it's going to take to get them. Again, the talent or the uh, evaluation of the talent in the state is better as well. So you're getting programs understanding that there's really good players in the state, maybe not, you know, dozens every year, but there is really good talent at the top of it. And uh, I think the evaluation is getting better and that's why you're seeing other teams, but there's definitely blood in the water too. Um, the way that other teams have come in here in the last few years and taken some guys that Wisconsin wanted, even though in this particular class, there are several guys that they did not want um, irrelevant. Um, Wisconsin did a great job in the 2024 class, not done yet. And we'll see exactly where it lands when all things are said and done. All right. We'll be down at big 10 media days, Wednesday and Thursday. We'll do a show. Jesse will join me at some point. And then, uh, obviously next week it's time. It's finally time. The Badgers back on the field, uh, for practice down in Platteville. Really excited about that. Follow us, uh, on YouTube because, or subscribe on YouTube, I should say, because we're going to have a ton of content from both big 10 media days and from fall camp and uh yeah can't wait all right thanks jesse thanks a lot zach all right there he is jesse temple from the athletic you've been listening to the camp